Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. It's Guys of a Certain Age, the podcast. It would probably be better off as a long email, but we would be afraid that it would get caught in your spam filters. Robbie Koblenz in studio alongside. TLDR, Art Shirley. Wow. And Jay Reed. I thought you were grape. Grape? <laughs> I mean, from like a couple of weeks grape, ago. Grape, grape, yeah. grape. <laughs> no, just grape. Just grape. Just grape. I, I do remember that. I actually listened to that episode did you? this week. Yes. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. I guess I've got to listen to last week's episode since, know what's I, going on. since I was usurped and kicked out of the chair. Yeah. Thanks, Zach, for the mutiny. Usurped. I, you were usurped. Yeah, I was usurped. <laughs> I don't really like syrup that much. So, mm. but anyway, you just want pancakes all of a sudden. Right That's what we had right last night. We had, really? we had pancakes last night. Did so. you have powdered sugar on them? Or no, I had syrup. You had syrup. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not the because it gets so sticky. You know, yeah. on the outside yeah. of the syrup bottle. You got to take a shower after you eat pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. Maybe everybody's not as messy as an eater as I am. I, I don't think we are. Yeah. I don't think we are. All right, let's jump into some Geeks of the Week. Jay, what you got this week? Are you prepared? I'm prepared. I was just trying to get the details up in front of me. Um, there was an announcement this week that Bloom County, the ah, comic strip, yes. will become an animated series. Wow. On Fox. Awesome. Um, the developing Love Bloom Matt, County. Right. And uh, Berkeley Breathe It is going to be executive mm-hmm. producer on it. So he's, you know, in writer. So he's, yeah. you know, very much involved. And uh, I just, I'm excited about it. That's yeah. definitely something I want. I never got into Bloom County. Oh, I love Bloom County. You should. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. You should do some homework. I think yeah. I've got enough work. I don't need to do any more at home. So, yeah. so is it, it, it's going to be animated, correct? It's going to be animated, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm not sure. I don't remember there being anything animated yet i mean books no, and yeah i don't remember there ever even being a special yeah i don't either yeah so i think this is a first yeah i think so too so what was the strip he did after bloom county didn't he do something after bloom county was it outland yeah something he did like outland that? that had some of the same characters in it it was a sunday only strip and i know uh, opus was was in that i remember opus yeah yeah and uh but um it never had the appeal to me that Bloom County did. I mean, that daily strip thing and the way he would build the, mm-hmm. the story was so good. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Yes. I, I we had there's may have told this story before when I was in college when we voted for Mister and Miss Ole Miss. A bunch of guys got together and decided they would nominate Opus the Penguin uh. as a candidate for Mister Ole Miss. And had he had the correct grade point average, he would have won. Wow, he got the votes. He got the votes. <laughs> That's which is kind of sad because my cousin uh, Benton was also running for Mr. Ole Miss and was beaten mm-hmm. <laughs> by Opus. I remember when I was at Ole Miss, I do actually remember that, but um, uh, it was it was very cool because my comic strip was on the same page with Doonesbury, with Garfield, and uh, with uh, Bloom County. Wow. And uh, Bloom County, came, they started carrying that after mine had, had been in the paper for a while, and I thought at first it was some other student that was doing it, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, who is this guy? He's really, really good. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You know, I, I would get, it was Bloom County. What was the other comic strip? Uh, Doonesbury? Yeah, Doonesbury. I'd always get those two confused. Well, there was a rumor that uh, Burke Brethren was doing, was actually the, uh, or that Gary Trudeau was actually doing Bloom County. And that uh, and that was what his strip was. Because there was a similarity in some of the looks. Yeah. But, and also some of the um, the pacing in terms of the, uh-huh. the way the gag was Well, I guess up. the the drawing of the 
of the human figures. I yeah, can see right. Steve, yeah, the, the lawyer animal figures. And if you look at it, there's really not. But something about the eyes, the, uh-huh. the eyes were done. I can so, see that. Yeah. Now, if we could only get the far side back. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. And then we would be back in the good But I did age. a strip one time that said. You did a comic strip. Yeah, comic strip. Well, Sorry, Mrs. Either, Reed. Either way would have been comical. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <sighs> but uh, did one where they were talking about uh, Trudeau drawing Bloom County, and the, it ended with, no, he's too busy drawing Ernie, Skip, and Joe, which was my strip at the time. And I drew my characters to look like uh, the <laughs> Doonesbury characters. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, fun. I didn't find that. Well, well, I'll jump in with my Geek of the Week because we're talking about a revival of Bloom County. Well, Bender and company are coming back to Hulu. So a little bit uh, Futurama news. Futurama is coming back to Hulu for a... Uh, ninth season ninth season yeah. it's been going on forever and ever and ever yeah. so um jay were you art and i were talking off mike were you a uh, futurama fan you like I matt was, groening I stuff was, oh i like matt groening stuff i mean simpsons but um i've not watched futurama no. uh, i really liked futurama we were talking again yeah. off mike that we really thought futurama was probably underrated and was and some, some of his best work i think i think it's better than the simpsons yeah Okay. So, Simpsons and, were great in their prime. I mean, they've been on what forty-seven years now, and oh gosh, <laughs> I mean, it's not that long, but it's it's been a long time. It's thirty it's, years. It's probably. thirty plus years. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and like I said, at their prime, they were great. But Futurama just really, I'm, I'm sure it's the sci-fi thing that appeals to me. I mean, any time that you could get Richard Nixon's head yeah. as an auxiliary yeah. character. That's just fabulous. Uh-huh. So. But there's a, there's a little hold up to it. John DiMaggio, who voices Bender, mm-hmm. has uh, elected not to participate. Oh, no. He's well, still doing voices. So. He is, but he, he feels, and he came out yesterday as we're recording this, that uh, the reason he's not participating, he feels the cast should all get more money. And yeah. he wants more money, but he wants... He wants everybody to get the amount of money that he thinks they're worth. Yeah. It's not like you have to pay me as a star. He wants everybody to get raised. Right. So it's not just, yeah. He's yeah. wanting so across like the, the board. Coach, you also raises. wants money for his yeah. assistant coaches. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that begs the question, where have you gone, John DiMaggio? Ah. Um, nation told it's lonely heart to you. Yeah, and it's animation hopes as well. Ooh, so maybe ooh. maybe you should watch Sorry, Mrs. Future Robinson. <laughs> She's lost in animation. Maybe you should watch Jay Futurama. Futurama. Is it? it uh, I have no idea where. Well, it is. it's on Fox stuff, so it should be. I don't think it's part of Disney's offering, though, right? But it's Hulu's picked up the season, and so I Hulu would, should have it. I would think if Hulu's would, picked up the season, they would do the back season. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would mm-hmm. think they would pick up the back catalog so yeah. i mean i would have negotiated that i mean you've got, sure leonard nimoy's, or not. you've got leonard nimoy's head yeah i mean come on so man. there's nixon's head and nimoy's head there's, there's several heads. celebrity heads. celebrity heads yes that's right yeah um, okay but they have the whole cast of star trek come back it seems like they had uh, that's right they did yeah so that's cool yeah i'll watch it yeah should be fun watch so, it jay i can tell you you're not going list. to yeah <laughs> you got brit box to watch my list is very long of things i need to watch of course it is art roma Art, what you got? Uh, I've got some sad news. Ivan Reitman, uh, the famous director, passed away a couple of days as we're recording this. And um, he was behind such uh, movies that we all remember, even if we probably choose not to sometimes. Um, Animal House, which is a classic movie, great movie. Stripes. I didn't realize he, he did, did Animal House. He did Stripes. He did Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's the first time I was yeah. familiar with Ivan yeah. Reitman. He did... Um, also did uh, Schwarzenegger's comedy turn, you know, after he kind of left the uh, Terminator or like at least Kindergarten, the part, cop, that's kindergarten cop, I love Twins kindergarten and Junior. Cop. Yeah. 
and uh, he also did Dave with Kevin Klein. So he did a lot of comedy. Oh, okay. stuff. Yeah. I love Dave. Dave yeah, I didn't one. realize that was him. But yeah, that's a great movie too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that kind of feeds into my, uh-huh. you know, presidential. I love anything about presidential movies. Yeah, he did Meatballs as well. Yeah. So okay, so he, and, he and Bill Murray collaborated on several things, and you know we've mentioned those three. Uh, well, Ghostbusters, Stripes. Bill Murray was not in Animal House. Was he not? No. Uh, Everybody thinks he was. Yeah. So. George A. Biden and I tried to get into Animal House. We were not quite 17 yet. We were just a few months away, and they would not let us in. In so. to see the movie or in to be on the cast? In to see the movie, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stripes, I, I remember. I remember thinking that was great. Boom shaka laka laka. So, yeah. And he did Six Days, Seven Nights, which was oh, an adventure action comedy. With Harrison with, Ford and... Uh, uh, and Anne Heisch. Yeah. Which was a HD DVD that came with the purchase of oh your gosh. HD DVD player. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you yeah. remember that or not. Art, remember, oh. Art and I both That's bought... I saw it. That's why I've seen that movie, I'm yeah. sure. is because, let me plop this in. And So, Art and I both bought HD DVD players back in the Stood day. Stood in line at Walmart. We did. It. And yeah. it came with like seven HD DVDs. I don't know if it was that many. It was a fair amount. It was a bunch. So yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. seven. Six or seven, but it was If you're good. not using it, I'll, I need one. Actually, I, just, I gave mine. Yeah, I've I think got, I gave you It's mine, around right? here somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, some here I just gave studio. my daughter a stack of like family DVDs that, that uh, your company helped me out with, Robbie. How'd and, you like uh, that Robbie discount on the price? I like the Robbie discount. Yeah, yeah. it pays to be friends. But Lauren, I said, like Lauren, your... do you have anything to watch these on? And she goes, her, her fiance was here, and he said, my roommate has an Xbox. I think we can watch it on that. I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> don't think that's going to work. So It's got a DVD player in it, doesn't it? What? Xbox? Xbox? Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah, maybe. So, anyway. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. Uh, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. So, just an aside. Are we done talking about Ivan Reitman? I'm oh, yeah. 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 Well, sorry to hear that he's gone. Yeah. I'm a very, very talented filmmaker. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, his son Jason is working on the next Ghostbusters movie. Did he do this one that just came out with uh, Paul Rudd? Did he? I can't remember. He may I, have. I can't remember either. I've kind of lost track of the, yeah. the Ghostbusters I franchise. Think that is the next Ghostbusters. Yeah. I'm I think sure that's the one that he was. Involved. Which kind of came out and left before I realized it. Yeah. 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 I wanted to see that. I That's when I would have gone to see in the theater. Well, I think it, I think you could still pay to see it. If yeah. you really need to. You could pay Jay, and he'll give you his credentials mm-hmm. to whatever streaming. It's available on HD DVR. Right. HD DVR. DVD. <laughs> HD DVR. Actually, it's probably actually available in HD DVR. But anyway, um, I saw something that reminded me of you, Jay. So Disney announced today, as we're recording, that a story living uh, planned housing communities it's kind of a bonus geek of the week yeah so they are they are doing a planned development that uh, will have single family dwellings estates the whole nine yards where you could live the disney dream all year long so basically you're buying into uh the truman show neighborhood mm-hmm. and well, i and, thought they'd already done that with celebration florida have you been there no that's a disney neighborhood and you it, it's like walking i mean everything is Set up, it looks like you're kind of walking to the Back of the Future set almost with the theater and the downtown and all the well, houses. This wow. is, they're calling Thanks, this, no. they're calling this Disney Living. So huh. it's in outside Palm Springs, California, I believe. Okay. Well, this is actually in or near Orlando, but it, yeah. they, they built a town called Celebration. Of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Is it the second happiest place on earth? <laughs> because, you know, Disney is supposed to be the happiest place on earth. Yeah. So. Which one is which? Which one is what? Are both, do both of them claim that? Happiest place on earth? I thought world claimed. World and land, I don't know. Yeah. I think world claims it, right? I think so. Okay. Because that was Walt's favorite child, as opposed to the landlocked Disneyland experience 
that he could never buy any more property around. And so he went to the cheapest place in Florida at the time to buy property. Yeah. And it ain't cheap no more. That's a great story. A great story though. If you, what was that on? There's a, there's like a masterpiece thing or whatever. Biographies of, of Disney. I haven't seen that. It's really good. Talk about how they used a they they had a fake company to go buy the stuff so people wouldn't realize who was buying it. That's yeah. that's a way to do it. That's, yeah. so that's what Robbie's doing. That's what I'm doing. Eupora. <laughs> You're gonna buy up Eupora. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just all right. On the other side of the break, we're gonna talk a little March Madness and why I was gone last week. Up next. We're back on the other side of the break. We're going to talk a little March Madness, even though it's not quite March yet, but uh, college basketball is in full swing. 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 Easy for me not to say. Said swish and swing at the same time. Swish, swing, it's all the same thing. So, And I was absent from last week's episode because I was in Chicago uh-huh. to attend the premiere. Your, your of, perfect attendance record is broken now. Yeah, but I just might actually appear on that <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we said I'm glad much. we didn't bet against each other. <laughs> we on said that one. we said against much in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just wait, Jay. I would mm-hmm. listen closely to your participation in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like a bad kung fu movie with overdubs. It's All gonna right. be awesome. I cannot wait. So, um, I was in Chicago for the premiere of the Loyola Project, which is a new documentary film from Patrick Creedon. Creedon, sorry, Patrick, um, who is a documentary producer. He did. Uh, uh, Criminals versus Convicts for ESPN's 30 for 30. He did the uh, Sunex winning uh, doc wordplay about the New York Times crossword puzzle. Uh-huh. Done a variety of things. And um, so he was. Uh, he came in and he told the story of the 1962-63 Loyola basketball team that won the national championship, um, which Loyola of Chicago, obviously a long, long way from here. And you're probably asking yourself, Robbie, why? Why were you gone to do that? Why so, were you gone to do that? Yeah, so we didn't uh, get a note or anything. I told you, no, or God. pizza. <laughs> oh, I got pizza. We didn't. Well, I I texted you and said us. if you could get there in twenty minutes, you could have the uh, the other pieces. We were Giordano's. I was up doing the math off of uh, North Michigan. Yeah, I mean doing the math is done. <laughs> Next to Europa. So um, years ago, I did a I produced a documentary called One Night in March, which documented the uh, the the story of Mississippi State having to sneak out and play Loyola of Chicago in the '63 NCAA tournament. Um, some background: back in those days, only uh, conference champions and highly ranked independents were invited to the NCAA tournament. Jay is yawning already. This is just not a good sign. Uh-huh. Um, and state by. The state was a, a top five program back then. They won the SEC in 59, 61, 62, and won it again in 63. But each of those years prior to 63, they were invited to the NCAA tournament, and they turned it down because there was an unwritten rule in the state of Mississippi that the collegiate sports teams could not compete against integrated teams. Right. So um, there was, you know, they were just terrified playing against African American athletes because how backwards Mississippi was and so many things back in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s um, so it, it, it as the season progressed on Mississippi State won the conference got invited uh, the president of the university Dr. Dean Colvert the athletic director Wade Walker and the head basketball coach Babe McCarthy said hey we're going to go to the NCAA tournament and it set up this whole cloak and dagger week of suspense and court injunctions and it was a really massive deal 
Um, State ended up going to play in the NCAA tournament. They played Loyola of Chicago for the first game. Loyola uh, started three African-American basketball players. And uh, State was was all white. And it became known as the Game of Change, which the NCAA has deemed as one of the top ten most important college basketball games in history. Um, I did the Mississippi State side of that story called One Night in March, which – Gosh, we premiered it in 99. We updated it in 2013 for the 50th anniversary. It's been on PBS. It's still running on PBS. Yeah, I was going to ask where people could see it. Yeah, so it's... Uh, we I watched it last night. I can testify. Yeah, but you got uh, you got a DVD. Did I give you a DVD? You or? did not. How'd you watch it? I downloaded the Vimeo app and watched it on Vimeo. Did you? I did. Man, I meant to lock that up, do it back to video on demand. You owe me $3. (laughs) You owe me three bucks for that. Um, He was hoping you might give him a DVD. Uh, I think I've got it on VHS. I think okay. I've got the 99 version on VHS. I was hoping you would give it on HD DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably do that. Yeah. I've got some of those somewhere. Uh-huh. Anyway, it um, um, it ended up on PBS American through American Public Television. Um, uh, Mississippi Public Broadcasting plays it from time to time. Chicago uh, WLLW in Chicago, the PBS affiliate there, plays it. Uh-huh. So you can Google One Night March and you can find out where it's at or – you could go to Vimeo and watch it. Um, so, uh, flash forward to a couple of years ago, uh, Patrick, the uh, producer director of the Leola Project, uh, decided he that his company was going to tell the entirety of that sixty two sixty three season story uh, that the Ramblers, loyal Ramblers, had to endure. Okay. And uh, so they created a, a feature length documentary called the Loyola Project, um, which. As you're listening to this, I believe CBS is going to air it the afternoon before the Final Four. Wow! Okay. In its entirety, it's already been on CBS Sports Network a few times, um, but it's a it's a really powerful documentary, and it it is told from the Loyola side of the equation. And um, and it's not just about the game, right? It's about the whole season. It's about the entire season. Yeah. yeah. Now it. So it's already been on CBS. I thought it premiered when you went, or is it? So uh, the theatrical version premiered last Thursday in Chicago, okay. and so Bonnie and I went to that red carpet experience, the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. Uh, got recognized after the movie in the Q and A for one night. March got a nice little round of applause, which I wasn't necessarily expecting, but. Anyway, it was it was kind of cool that to go cool. and to, to experience that. It was funny, kind of as an aside. Bonnie's like, "Can I get popcorn?" It's like, "We are not going to dress up and go to a red carpet premiere and you get popcorn." You know, it's, I just don't think that's. I don't know. We'll see. We get there and our RSVP gets us in, and we get popcorn and a drink yeah. with with mm-hmm. each with each uh, uh, admittance. So that was a that was a lot of fun. Um, but the 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 crew from the Loyola Project came down a little bit over two years ago, and they interviewed uh, Jackie Walford, who was a player on that team, uh, on the Mississippi State team, Doug Hutton, who was a player on the Mississippi Mississippi State team, uh, Rick Cleveland, longtime sports columnist for the Clarion Ledger, and me about yeah. the, um, the events from the Mississippi State side. And so I wasn't expecting to be in the documentary. I was hoping my stuff would be cut. But I made it in with a couple of sound bites. But what was even more fun was I licensed footage to the documentary. Yeah. Because I've got some great footage, which you saw, Jay, of the mm-hmm. team returning from right. East Lansing, Michigan, which nobody uh-huh. else has got that. 
and uh, there were some headlines and stuff that that I'd gotten through the years that we scanned and sent them to him. So we so that was kind of cool. So I had a footage provided by credit. But also, what was the coolest part of it? I got a uh, additional story consultant credit. Oh, that's cool. on it. So. Uh, Mike Lenahan, who wrote the book Ramblers, which is kind of the definitive book on that 62-63 season, was the chief story consultant. And there were three others who were story consultants, and I was part of the other three. So that was kind of That's cool. That's very cool. cool. So, But that's where I was last week. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, the documentary is great because, you know, like we just said a minute ago, it chronicles the whole season. And it flashes back to um, – you know, even in the late 50s, as the Loyola program was starting to integrate, uh, George Island, Ireland, who was the head coach of Loyola, had kind of tracked through with him some of the things that were going on. But some of my takeaways from it, um, and of course, you know, it's airing on campus at Mississippi State, you know, 24 hours after we record this podcast. So sorry you guys missed that. Um, one of the um, uh, the takeaways I, I, I got from it was, I was shocked at the amount of racism that team experienced in the north. Right. Yeah, I think that's a that's an important thing. Yeah. Uh they had trips to New Orleans and to Houston, uh Texas mm-hmm. and Jim Crow laws were in fact in effect, but some of the racism they experienced in Chicago and on their own campus yeah. was was or, segre- or segregation, I guess, more so, well, it's yeah. Both segregation and racism. Um, like there was a there was a barbershop across the street from the university mm-hmm. where the the players, the African American players, could not set foot. Yeah, in. wow. And after Loyola won the national championship, uh, George Ireland took the national championship trophy to that barbershop. Oh, really? And to display because they were so proud of it, but they wouldn't let the the captain of the team, Jerry Harkness. Wow. In yeah, so yeah. lots of things like that I didn't realize. They mm-hmm. painted George Ireland, the the coach, as a very complex man. Um, it 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 was not as um, not as complimentary towards Coach Coach Ireland and Loyola as I thought it was. Really, going to be. okay, that's interesting. Um, but it fabulous documentary. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's an important story that hasn't been fully told from the Loyola side. A, a lot of times that the, the the Loyola story is paired with the Mississippi State story in the game of change. Yeah. Um, ESPN did a sports century on this, 98, 99, talking about that Loyola season. But they spent a lot of that half hour on, on the game mm-hmm. against State. Uh, of course, our documentary is about the State side of the game. Right. There's another documentary called Game of Change that focuses primarily on that game. Um, but this is the first time I've seen the Loyola season. But it is it, you do get the feeling just through that you know, just through that story, other stories that we hear that the change only needed to happen you know in, in southern in the South or in southern universities, you know. So it's interesting to hear that that was actually, and of course we know that. I mean, we we know those things, but we just you don't really. I don't think you realize to what degree. So they had a a clip of Doctor Martin Luther King Jr. who uh-huh. said as they were talking about a high. Um, there was a, a major segregation housing crisis happening in Chicago. Uh-huh. And Dr. King says, um, you know, I, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, the segregation and racism I see here in Chicago um, 
is much worse than anything I've seen in Alabama wow. or Mississippi. I've read some about I've, that. I remember the hearing redlining that, yeah. of the housing yeah. districts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, I mean, obviously, the, the South had its problems, uh-huh. and, and they're pointed out rightfully so through the years. You know? Right, yeah. But, but there are other places in the mm-hmm. country that were just as tense, and there was as much racism. Yeah. Now, tell me again who the director of this was. Patrick Creerden. Creerden. C R E A R D O N. Now, did he write it as well? Or? Uh, he was one of the writers. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Lucas Williamson. Oh, I hope I got his name right. I hope I didn't add an extra S to it. Uh, let me look it up here. Lucas. It's got to be. Yeah, it's Williamson. Um, was the uh, he's the narrator of it. He's the captain of the current Loyola team. Oh, okay, wow. So the the story is framed kind of through his eyes. Interesting. Uh, Loyola had a phenomenal run to the Final Four in uh, mm-hmm. 2018, and the story kind of came back up. And uh, he was a freshman on that team. He's the captain of the Loyola squad right now. Okay, and so he um, uh, it, it's kind of shown through his eyes. Uh-huh. And um, so he did. He did a fabulous job. So, just kind of some some technical questions. Do you know how long the movie was in production and where they're financing from it? Was it a, was a, a university sponsored? No, it, thing? Was, it was an independent production. It was an independent production. Uh-huh. And Patrick is from Chicago and had was not fully aware of the story. He was looking for another documentary yeah. to do, and um, then he. Um, um, Started pursuing the story. He had a, a funder come on kind of early. Uh-huh. And uh, so they traveled around and shot the principal interviews. Uh, yeah. So Patrick interviewed me here. Uh, two camera shoots. Uh, he actually came here and did that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. This is pre-COVID. This is six, oh, okay. this is six months before COVID. So this is fall of 2019. Okay. Wow. Wow. Going so, a while. Yeah. 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 And, uh, did COVID slow it down? I'm just curious because it yeah. seems like a long time. Yeah, it, it, it slowed it down because they had ended up working remotely. And mm-hmm. uh, Adam Lawrence, shout out to Adam, who's the uh, producer who did all the digital asset acquisition. He's the guy who found all the footage. Yeah. Man, they found footage I didn't know existed. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, which was great. Adam did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of archive footage in this thing, a lot of archive pictures. Um, and they... It, I think that slowed them down a little bit. COVID did because uh-huh. as folks were no longer in the office, uh, they couldn't go through collections, whether it's at, you know, Loyola, Mississippi state, right. Mississippi Depart- department of archives and history. Uh-huh. Ross Barnett is prominently, uh, featured in yeah. this as well. So what a shocker. Yeah. What an idiot. Oh my goodness. Don't even get me started. Well, and didn't, so. uh, Art, you may help me with the year, but I'm pretty sure they said like 62, 63. That's when, Meredith was admitted to Ole Miss when all that kind of Meredith integrated Ole Miss in the fall of 62. 62. And so um, there's a lot of speculation that if Meredith had not integrated Ole Miss, that that, uh, Babe McCarthy wouldn't have taken the team in the spring of 63. But since that that barrier had been broken, Uh uh, the tide was starting to turn. Uh Um, And it was really interesting. Um, I mean, I could go on for hours about this and have. um, But the um, – I think the unsung hero on the Mississippi side is Dr. Dean Colvert, who the student union is named after. This is a guy who was not from Mississippi. He's from North Carolina. And uh, he came in and he, you know, he really stuck his neck out on the line with the college board, which here in Mississippi, uh, the, the eight institutes of higher learning 
are governed by a board appointed by the governor um, called the called the IHL, IHL. and mm-hmm. uh, at that point. IHL, if I remember correctly, was predominantly Ole Miss grads and alums and mm-hmm. boosters um, because that was the predominant school at that point. Mississippi mm-hmm. State was kind of a second thought at, in the 50s, 60s. That's where the money was concentrated at, was at Ole Miss. And so you've got the president of Mississippi State University sticking his neck out. He got death threats. He got um, man, just his family was threatened the whole nine yards. Um, and you indicated in your documentary that he might he was wondering if he'd still have a job after that yeah he thought he didn't know if he'd have a job there's a vote pulled up but the ihl voted on him to keep him employed or not yeah and um so he got through well in in three days before the team left before the mississippi state team left um wade walker and babe mccarthy left the state uh, Dr. Calvert left the state because there were uh, there was warrants for their arrest. And so they got out of town. They left the students here. They left the players here with yeah. the trainer, Dutch Ludsinger. And uh, so the the plan was uh, they were they kept the uh, the five starters and the sixth man back at the dorm and they sent everybody else to Bryan Field here. Uh, to see where the airplane was, to see if there was a sheriff or anybody there to serve papers. When they found out there was no one there, they called back to the dorm. The team got came out, drove out very very quickly. They got on the uh, they got on the plane, and the minute they got off the ground, there was just this cheer. I've talked to a few people who were on that plane. They said it was like it was like the airlifts of of East Berlin. Yeah, because they realized that there was no controlling legal authority that can make them. You know they were they were scot free. Yeah, and um, so that was that was pretty unbelievable. The I had a couple of the players tell me that the the backup plan was, and Patrick didn't get this right in the documentary, but he was relying upon firsthand accounts of of gentlemen who were in their mid to late seventies at this point. Yeah, our interviews were done about fifteen years ago. Uh, the plan was for the six guys and the trainer to drive to East Lansing, Michigan, if the if the kids got arrested at the airport because mm. they were going to play regardless. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it was, it was kind of crazy. Um, you know, they landed, there was a big hubbub with the national media. Is Mississippi state coming. Are they not coming? Um, you know, we heard that they had to turn around in midair and we're all arrested, you know, the whole nine yards. And consequently Loyola, the, the NCAA, um, attorney committee had no idea what to do with Mississippi state. And so Mississippi state, I think was ranked fifth or sixth. Loyola was ranked second or third at before the tournament happened. Yeah. And so usually you would have a much lower seed, a much lower ranked team competing against the higher ranked teams right. to give them a little, not necessarily cream puffs, but that's just kind of the way tournament. What you earn with your ranking is that's that. right. Yeah. So they had no idea. The story I've always was told that they had no idea where to put Mississippi state. Yeah. So Loyola had a play in game and then state was to play Loyola, uh, in that second round. And they, with the thinking that if state didn't show Loyola would have had a game already and could go forward in the tournament mm-hmm. state shows up. And so then you have one of the games of the tournament right there. So, Anyway, it, it's a fascinating story. Um, it's interesting to see it from the other side of the uh, of of the aisle. I'll bet you know, or being on the other side of the camera and seeing what somebody else has done with this story. That I've kind of been around for twenty odd years. Yeah, um, got to see Sister Jean. I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah. with Sister yeah. Jean. Uh, she's uh, 
longtime chaplain of the Loyola team, Jay. Oh, okay. uh, she's a nun. Loyola is a is a is a Catholic Jes- school. Yeah, Jesuit. Yeah. I think it's Jesuit. Uh-huh. Anyway, and so she's kind of the good luck charm for the huh. team. Yeah, you'll usually see her March Madness. She's sitting in the stands. I don't think she could go last year because of COVID. Yeah, she's in a wheelchair, yeah. and she is just she's cheering on, yeah. on her ramblers. That is too that cool. That sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. She, she was, was there? Yeah, she was there. And uh, so uh, the sports information director, Bill Barons, is a bu- of Loyal is a buddy of mine. And so I was looking for Bill Barons and their sister. Yeah, I see Bill, and I – like oh, what i don't care about sister jean hey bill and we talked for a bit you know uh-huh. uh he was kind of babysitting not babysitting he was escorting sister jean because yeah. she's she's sharp as all get out at this point yeah. so um but anyway it was it was a fun experience um you know it um it's a fascinating story that for for both loyola and mississippi state so you said it's going to be on cbs the before the final four. So uh, Patrick said that the plan was for CBS to air it the weekend of the final four. Okay. And I think it would be in that Saturday afternoon block leading up to the final four. Right. Yeah. Usually the first final four game has a tip around five. Yeah. And uh, you start at noon showing stuff. Yeah. Know, yeah. Related material to it. Yeah. So that would be a, there'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So. And it's going, I noticed it was going all around the country and you mentioned it's going to be at state tomorrow. Are they like, Showing it so theater. Well, well, back to a little bit about the the funding of it. So they had a principal investor come on that kind of got them going, but Northwest Mutual came in later to help fund the distribution, and so they came up with this uh, sixty three for sixty three film festival project, and so they the the idea was to get the film to sixty three universities across the nation uh, during March Madness or you know, college basketball season, and so obviously state is one of them. Um, they're, I think they're approaching a hundred. So you wow. can go to uh, the Loyola project.com and you can see where it's going to be showing. So that's but, very cool. Yeah. It just didn't say like, it didn't have any details of time no. and place or anything like that. That was no, it, 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 it didn't I couldn't and, find it on the Mississippi state calendar. Yeah. I had to do a little bit of, uh, I had to do Deep a little bit of, of investigation. Yeah. And so what I've, what I've done is, uh, I've, alerted Jackie Walford, who was on that team, about it being played here at State, and he and his family are planning to go because I thought it would be cool. Yeah, For the folks watching this documentary, they had a chance to interact with Jackie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but. See, Jackie, I, I grew up with his kids. He was – I mean, I don't – I wasn't much of a sportsman, so he didn't coach me at anything, but I've known him for years. And so to see him – and, like, I met Rick Cleveland in yeah. Paris – in the stairway of the Louvre. So I've, I've met him. I know that's, that's another odd story. <laughs> yeah, but, that is. Uh, but several in, in Leland Mitchell, who was yeah. prominent in your film, we, um, you know, I, I was pretty close in age to some of his boys. So, um, yeah, you're pretty close to Mitch's age, aren't you? I think so. I think maybe yeah. he's a year, maybe yeah. a year older than me, but there was, um, all kinds of familiar folks in sure. your, in your film. And so I'm sure we'll see some in, in the other one as well, but that it really kind of brought it home to me. Uh, you know, my parents were there when, Meredith entered Ole Miss, and then you have this story and with, with people that I know here. Yeah. So it was really uh, personal, I guess. Yeah, very connected. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, and it, it was it was significant. Obviously, it was a significant story, but it was very significant for Mississippi State um, because integration in state was, was not a bad, was not a difficult thing. It was kind of a, oh, okay, you know, because all the – I guess everything had been spent on the whole team sneaking out type of thing, mm-hmm. and um, I think state state still may lead the 
SEC in amount of African American students. Mm-hmm. I know at one point they graduated more students than than the uh, HBCUs in Mississippi, historically black college universities. Mm-hmm. So that uh, I, when we did the 2013 version, state led the conference in in uh, African American graduation. So um, you know in. Uh, if that team had been allowed to go in 59 um, when Bailey Howell was on that team, who uh, greatest basketball player in the state of Mississippi, um, who's in the, in the national basketball hall, hall of fame. fame right. um, you know, I do think you would see a different history of Mississippi state um, because I think if they've been allowed to go in 59, they probably would have won it in 62 because that 62 team was great. Yeah. And then you're talking about a different trajectory. Uh-huh. Um, we've seen what national championships have done for the trajectory of the University of Alabama. And football is different than basketball. But, you know, when you start adding in large national accomplishments like that to a university, especially in Mississippi, um, you know, it does bump on on attendance. Uh, when State was in the Final Four in 96, you saw a bump in attendance in 97 and 98. Oh, in that was a recruiting? In a, yeah, yeah, yeah so. in enrollment, just general populace. Right. And we've seen a growth here at Mississippi State since DAC came through in 2014. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I, I do think it would have changed the economic development um, of, of Starkville and the Golden Triangle. Um, but, yeah, you'll mm-hmm. never know. But. Fun, fun times. Well, that's so, a very cool experience. Fascinating story. Yeah. yeah, it is a fascinating story. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've got uh, – I tell the story. I've told you guys. I've got a ball signed by that 63 team yeah. in basketball that is, like, one of my most prized possessions. Right. There only – there may be two or three of those. I was going to ask you how many – well, how many how many players are still around? I was still uh, There is only one starter alive from the state team, yeah. Doug Hutt. Yeah. Everybody else has passed. Yeah. And I think there's only two starters from mm-hmm. the Loyola team. Right. Wow. So, Are you saying two starters? There are other people from the team. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Coach yeah. And- yeah. So, but uh, fascinating story. So that's that. Yeah. That is check that out is, both of those. I would say. Well, that's yeah. my excuse for not being here last week. Okay. So we'll yes. allow it, but we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see what you've done to interject yourself into the. Uh, Oh, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Uh, listeners have already heard, but yeah. we have yet to hear what you've done. Yeah, that's right. So. Who knows? I may. I no. I'm not gonna send you a preview copy. No, no, no. we'll wait. Okay. No. So. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and we will see you this time next week.